0: Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the RSL Random Fan Podcast. I am, We're already laughing. I'm a host, uh, Brandt Goebel. I'm joined by fellow hosts. Brendan Goebel. And? Tyler Thomas. And we have a very special guest tonight, Spencer Warren. Did I get that right? You did, yeah. You probably get Warner all the time.
1: Yeah, Warny. Yeah, yeah, it's Warner, yeah. But <laughs> now the E-silent, so there you go. You we pro- couldn't Uh, back in the when we're back in the older peasant times so yeah
0: (laughs) couldn't afford the year so yeah you might recognize his voice he is on the pre and post game uh show for espn 700 before the rsl games and we're we're excited to have you spencer
1: i appreciate the invite i don't get many That, that you, might uh, tell you how, what kind of ratings you're going to get after this one uh, aired out. Sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> oh, so our ratings are going to double. Double, um, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, the first thing I noticed is that you're a Roy Kent enthusiast. Tell us about
1: that. Uh, well, <laughs> actually, my wife got me into it. So um, we just got you know that free subscription to Apple TV and <laughs> watching it. And she's like, okay. Because usually the shows that we watch together, I pick them. I don't know if that's sexist or not. Oh, anyway. But anyway, she was like, I think you'll really like this. There's this English Recording guy. Recording
0: in progress.
1: He swears a lot, all <laughs> the time. I was like, oh, I'll probably love it then. So anyway, I got into it, and and I did. I fell in love with the show, and uh, that's why I'm the enthusiast, because my now 13-year-old son started to watch it. Well, we didn't know. Um, and he was <laughs> like, Dad, Dad, you sound like Roy Kent. I was like, wow, all right. <laughs> so they're definitely an enthusiast, but more for his foul language than uh, than anything else.
0: And mm. you're here, you're there, you're every, Where? everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right
0: on. So we are excited to have you on as a guest on our podcast, and that's one of the things we wanted to do when we started this podcast, invite uh, regular people on and world-famous people like Spencer here mm-hmm. to <laughs> talk about soccer, how they came to love the sport, or if they do love the sport so what's your background did you play as a kid how did you get started uh in soccer or football whatever's appropriate yeah
1: no football yeah well soccer you know i've been it so long now so i just call it soccer anyway no airs and graces about me um yeah I, i played from a very young age as you can imagine it's the number one sport and so that was it i just played from uh from youth upwards and um Got to uh, be somewhat half decent and then uh, went to the uh, the AFC Bournemouth Academy for a year and uh, it didn't work out. So I went and played non league for a little bit and then just kind of bounced around and got interested in girls. Uh, <laughs> soccer. So uh, that was that. Was that. So did, where, did you- where
2: did you play? Did you play in the front, the back, the yeah. wing? Where were you at? Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's very funny. I started off as a striker. Uh, quick, very quick, scored a lot of goals. And the older I get, the slower I got, the goals dried up, and I finished up at right back. That's where I finished up. Right <laughs> so, uh,
2: uh, they do that a lot, right? That's a, it's, yeah, it's kind yeah, of the evolution right. sometimes, right?
1: Apparently. So I'm hoping that uh, my 13-year-old, he's the, the, the one that plays the most out of all my kids. He's got the whole quick... Plays central striker, scores a lot of goals. I'm hoping he doesn't slow down and end up at right back. And uh, <laughs> Cross has got his mother's jeans instead of mine.
0: <laughs> so in lower league, where did you play? I am a huge fan of uh, English football. I love the lower leagues. I love the whole pyramid. Uh, where did you the play? The in- classics. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, <laughs> the cold yeah. classics. Yes. Where did you play? So, Some of the teams. I'm sure everybody also, would know.
1: You- uh I, I doubt you would know them. They were so so Dorset combination, Dorset is the county I'm from. Um so I played for Hamworthy United, which is right next to pool Pool in Dorset. So I was even though I say I'm from Bournemouth, I was actually born in pool Uh Pool Town is now owned by the former AFC Bournemouth owner, uh, Mr. Mitchell. And so I played there, um, Dorchester and uh, Weymouth. There are also teams that were pretty close to me that are in the non League. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of bounced around, and um, yeah, it just became more of a fun thing. So I dropped even lower, uh, and I just kind of liked like the whole, you know, hanging out with mates and playing football. So I would play on a Saturday, and I would play two games on a Sunday—one for a pub team and one for a U18 team. And uh, yeah, wasn't old enough to drink, but was allowed, <laughs> allowed the uh, the pub. So
2: yeah oh that's great that's great well how did how did you come to rsl we're always interested in the connection with uh with the utah the salt lake yeah the people how how did it all come to pass
1: so um i i married my wife who's american and um she was just finishing up school here so um i was sick and tired of of england and thought oh i'll go on an, an adventure so i did and thankfully she said yes And thankfully I'm still here. (laughs) So I I got married and we kind of did it backwards. It wasn't really illegal, we just did it backwards. So I didn't apply to get married. I came here on a holiday visa, vacation visa and got married whilst I was here. And um, then I had to apply to become a legal alien, which takes, I don't know, eight, nine months, something like that. So anyway, it was just her working and me just kicking around. And uh, I thought, oh, we should go to a soccer game whilst we're here. And it was early in the season. We were playing Colorado Rapids in 2006. Maybe in like an April time. I think we lost. I left at halftime. I thought it sucked. It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I came was because I wanted to see Clint Mathis. Because I remember Clint Mathis from the World Cup. And I thought, oh, that'd be cool. Uh, and he was playing for Colorado. I think he'd left and gone to Colorado. I might have got that mixed up. Uh, but anyway, um, it sucked. And then a little bit later on, I was like, I've never had the opportunity to go work in soccer back home because it's like everybody wants to do it, right? So when I got my, my uh, visa or my permanent resident card, I just walked into the office up at uh, Trolley Corners and just asked for a job. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. Um it
0: was the accent they, probably, right?
1: It, it, it's the, Everything that I've done since I've moved here, which was over 16 years ago, is all because of the accent. Nothing is through talent. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get rid of me now. That's the problem. Um, so anyway, just I, I got job selling tickets, just slinging tickets, and, and that was it. It was towards the end of the... Uh, the 2006 season, I think, maybe, maybe 2007, uh, maybe two, 2007, and I got really friendly with Spence Checkets, Um, because he was doing marketing for Real Salt Lake Plus in his fledgling radio career, and he'd get me to, to come on, you know, once in a while and just do, you know, a two three minute blurb about real salt lake and where i thought they should be doing and stuff anyway so that was that was the start of it and it was just been a a love affair ever since really and it's not like i'm i'm a a real salt lake fan but i love real salt lake it's it's kind of weird because my heart is for one which is my beloved liverpool and i look out for afc bournemouth because that's the hometown and then yeah uh real salt lake is where i want to be you know on a saturday uh, evening rather than than with my family uh, <laughs> that's a lie i know we we yes. never say that either no
2: not ever nope <laughs>
1: oh.
0: so do you have any you said you're a liverpool fan do you have any favorites uh before we jump into more uh trying to uh, get all the secrets about real Salt lake out of you do you have any favorite history or favorite memories about liverpool how did you how did you fall in love with liverpool it seems like that's kind of the other end of the country from afc
2: Bournemouth, right tyler's an arsenal
0: fan brennan's a man U fan that seems like kind of a front runner type of thing to do i mean is everybody a liverpool fan
1: um they were big because they were successful they were huge but um same as manchester united and stuff like that you know just they're the big, big clubs in the UK, and they were when I was a kid as well. Um, I am a first, second generation Southerner, so I'm I'm from the south of England, but um, my my mum's side of the family is is from the north. Uh, so is my dad's, but you know they kind of married Southerners, so they decided to to live in the south after uh, World War Two. Anyway. So my, my granddad is, was, was a huge sports fan, played uh, professional rugby and uh, before the war. And then, but he was also a huge football fan. And so I am the youngest grandson that is, that was in the UK. So I've got family in Canada as well, but I was the youngest grandson. My cousins, my uncles and my cousins are all well into football. My dad isn't. So my cousins are all Chelsea mm-hmm. or Southampton. And that's because that's where their dads, you know, were from and, and loved. Uh, and so that's where, that's who they supported. So I he had a free run at me. So uh, he got this. <laughs> uh, whenever Southampton will, went up to play Liverpool, uh, I would go with my uncle, my cousin, drive up to Liverpool. Um, same with Chelsea, um, if they're in the same division, which wasn't very often back then. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah so that was my first my first games I was around 5 yeah I was 5 it was 5 going on 6 um so yeah that was my my first love affair with with football was was going to Anfield as a kid and it's changed it's changed a ton um, and the stories are true uh, my grandpa used to make me wear uh, waterproof pants because it was so packed nobody would go to the bathroom you just unzip oh, and pick <laughs> a six-year-old getting covered in piss that wasn't my- sorry yeah gross. that's what it
0: that's all it took right and now you're yeah, a but, lifelong but fan I didn't,
1: I didn't get into the cop until my teens so it was it was back then it was still difficult to get onto the cop um, what's so the would, cop that is the uh that's what the the stand is called the spy on cop it's named after a hill in south africa after the Boer war and it was a very Back then, it was a really, really steep standing-only stand behind the goal. And, um, yeah, that's that just – is almost impossible to get into. So, uh, I didn't get in there. So, we used to go to a place called the Paddock, which is, like, across the uh, one of the sideline uh, uh, enclosures that you could stand. But, yeah, that was, that was my first first experience of football. And then, because I got into it and I started to play, my dad was like, oh, I'll take you to Bournemouth and stuff like that. So, um my earliest memories are of I don't remember don't know if you guys remember a manager called Harry Redknapp you
2: know the name Ed- old Harry yeah
1: and 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 uh, Tottenham manager there so he was the manager at Bournemouth and um yeah that's that was uh I think he also went and managed West Ham as well for a while but mm. yeah that was uh little old Bournemouth in their rickety old stadium and uh yeah that was it. I, then I tried to, to watch as much as I possibly could. So I got into high school and my friends were all, because the, the closest Premier League team was was Southampton, which was maybe a 40, 45-minute ride on the train. Um, so there were a whole bunch of them. So we used to go and watch uh, Southampton. And uh, that is where I uh, wanted to emulate Matt Letizia. I don't know if you've ever seen him play. He was the one of the laziest players you'll one of those absolute gems. If you haven't seen his goals, unreal. He was just, uh, unfortunately, he's become one of those conspiracy theorist weirdos. Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't mean to offend the podcast and the listeners, but yeah. All 10
2: of
1: them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've going to double, right? We're 20.
2: Gonna... Right.
1: Um, but if you haven't seen Matt Latissier, go on YouTube and just watch some of his goals. Unreal.
2: Well, we do like to assign homework on this podcast, so I'm glad that you just <laughs> stepped right in and, and took that oh, on for us. I appreciate long, that. Yeah. <laughs> I have one long. question about
0: uh, Matt Letitia, Is that his name? So yeah. Say, uh, did he end up a right back, or did he stay as, as a no, forward? He. <laughs>
1: He stayed as that second striker and let everybody do the work for him. So, uh, so unfortunately, the level I played, you don't get to uh, get that luxury. Yeah,
2: so a little bit like Zlatan, huh?
1: Exactly. You, <laughs> yeah, do all the leg work for him, and he'll just pop it in the back of the net later on. Right on. Well, those are
0: those are fantastic stories. I love to hear those because I'm a convert to soccer. I really didn't, didn't even really start watching soccer till late in my tw- late twenties, early thirties. So. I love to hear these stories. So
2: yeah, and we're, we're we're both like OG Real Salt Lake fans. As soon as this club came to town, I'm I'm one of the few people that have actually attended an MLS game outside of and before Real Salt Lake even was a club. You know, my wife and I went to Colorado to to watch a oh wow a Crew Rapids game. Sat on the front row at the old Denver Broncos stadium. So, you know, a little old school MLS kid here. You know, the the league started right as I got back from Chile and loved the the just the craziness of of the Chilean soccer fans I was there during the 94 World Cup and Chile wasn't in it but you would have thought they were based on how the streets would empty during the games everything else would fill up you know and so would just go try to befriend people in the pubs and whatnot <laughs> yeah, I was at the very first RSL home game as well yeah and then we were you ready? Were we there I was, uh, no, okay. I just played soccer.
0: Yeah, you played. I didn't care about Real Salt Lake. <laughs> I was cook, I was cooking hot dogs for my daughter's drill team that had a uh, one of the booths up there, so they would help with concessions. But I was there, and then we we started taking the family that year. The next year, and we've had season tickets since 2008, so we are. R S L fans. Yeah,
2: you might have sold him those tickets.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember going might into. Might have done back in the day. Might <laughs> have done back in the day, yeah. So uh, I remember
0: going into Trolley Corners and just getting gear and just hanging out there. It was a very cool little office, so so let's get as back as to the co-
1: as long as you had the code to the bathroom at Trolley Corners. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. that's <a> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez.
0: Oh. So tell us more about uh Real Salt Lake. Uh you you told us how you uh uh, got hired on there. You just kind of wandered in and and charmed your way in there. Accent um, yeah. blazing, yeah, just
1: exactly, exactly. Used that your was, fierce
0: rhetoric horrible. to get in, exactly. And let's get back to um, two thousand six. You go to a game. They sucked, which pretty much was the case for <laughs> quite a while. But what um, were you around? What did you do around two thousand nine? Did you get to go to that game, the championship? Um, tell us
3: some tell us some stories that one uh, question at a time you've yeah, asked oh, them like get, three get, so get, far I'm, can I'm we getting, just do one
1: okay. I mean I'll try to remember all the questions yeah, I'm getting don't excited worry, we'll write I'm down apologies yeah, all right. uh, let no, the no, man, man talk it, man. I'm only messing with you um, I, I, I like the scattergun approach as well um, so 2009 yes absolutely I uh, they flew us up as a front office or uh, well, the entire office I should say up to up to Seattle and um yeah just just a a great great place to be i mean i uh wasn't quite sure you know, when i when i moved over to the states in in, in six i wasn't sure that i was going to be living here forever you know i thought we might i might talk my wife into to move to england but then i got here and i loved it so much and she was like yeah, let's go to england let's try this out it would be great as a family and i was like kind of settled now I kind of like (laughs) trees and and the mountains and stuff like that anyway um so I wasn't sure if I was going to ever see uh or have a really really cool uh footballing experience as a fan um again because because I was so settled and I was you know kind of decided that was fine um so when we got to go up um to um to Seattle to to watch the final um I was actually stood behind Brandon and uh the rest of uh, of the rancid lads and uh I, I just had a ball just had a blast and um that was when i truly just just kind of fell in love with with the club um i love the idea of of uh, an even playing field with salary caps and things like that but i know there are I don't want to say illegal ways, but there's there's ways around it where the big markets are always going to get favoritism, mm-hmm. somewhat, and maybe not so much now, but somewhat um, always going to attract better players uh, and the the guys with a chip on their shoulder, guys that that may have failed somewhere or unwanted somewhere, um, being in a team and and doing the unthinkable of of beating uh, David Beckham's LA Galaxy, I just think was a fairy tale and uh it doesn't happen so often anymore even though you know you still got small market teams you think about columbus crew back in uh, a couple of years ago uh winning the mls cup but they've got some owners that are willing to spend some proper coin which they've they've just done with a striker as well coming over from yeah. yeah so i mean yeah i, I think they're they're there's a we're we're a different again a different type of breed than than a lot of the clubs and i love that i love that we're not um uh the norm so to speak um it gets frustrating at times mm-hmm. uh, but talking about real salt lake and and you know i don't want to go too far ahead i i think that um and i don't know too much about the new ownership because when new ownership came along my my contract ended because um a lot of it was to do that. I was hoping to to come on full time and scout full time with Luke and, and Kurt and, and Elliot and Tony. But the, all the clubs the Blitzer Group has, all their scouts are connected. So out uh, SK Bevering and all the other and Crystal Palace. When you're writing a report up of a player and you're you're posting it into the database, I'm starting to see more and more names names, German names and Portuguese names and Belgian names, and I can see more and more is happening. So this database is absolutely exploding. They all read each other's reports, which I think is going to be massive. I don't know if the money um, that, that we're excited about is going to be as explosive as we want, but I think it's going to be a lot smarter and they're going to be a lot more patient than, than we have done in the past when we, we, we've we seen things in the past where we've had to kind of knee jerk to get players in, to get bodies in. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to be uh, the case. And, and, and I say that because Chris Kablan is somebody that I watched hmm. um, and I wasn't overly impressed. Absolutely. He was, you know, kind of uh, uh, athletic. That was my take can play across right across the back. Um, but it was a try before you buy. And it was a two month loan. And no, it was cheap, not for them. And and he's gone back. And you know, you're know you not stuck paying people off um, outside of the salary cap and, and wasting tons of money. I think there's a smarter approach already uh, for the ownership and, and the front office.
0: That's awesome. So you don't really think we're going to be signing Luis Suarez anytime soon? Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be nice with me. Nice, right? <laughs> if, be mad,
1: if he, he says, I want to come to Real Salt Lake, you would be like, right?
0: Well, he did say that he's got five or six teams that have, he's been talking to in in Major League Soccer. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, I, unlikely, but you know, what? I don't know. I don't. I don't have a good <laughs> side track on that uh, a, a, anymore. Uh, they don't trust me anymore to, to to tell me any secrets. So,
2: well, you can pretend as much as you want on this podcast. We'll yes, he's
1: absolutely coming. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking news. Oh man. <laughs>
2: Well,
0: speaking of 2009, were you around for 2013 and that debacle, the Kansas City, Kansas City? I don't know that anybody's fully recovered from. That's a sore No, problem.
1: no, I was. I'd already left. I'd already left for other opportunities. Um, and um, but I watched it. I watched it with my eldest son, uh, and we actually shivered for everybody that was there because it did look brutal. And, and, you know, I, when I first come back to, to do radio back in 2016, I was doing it with Jeremy Horton, and he'd gone. And, yeah, he, he would mention once in a while, it's cold, but it's not Kansas City cold. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of his trademarks when it was on those cold uh, October-November nights with, with Real Salt Lake. But, yeah, um, I did, and I was so disappointed because, I, you know, I, I again just punching above your your weight class I'll, I'll always root for the uh the underdog so to speak even though we played some really awesome soccer and jason Grace, you know again that whole chip on the shoulder getting players in that, that have, i wouldn't say being disrespected but you know cast aside you mm-hmm. know one crash is another man's treasure that kind of stuff and then proving it i love that about real salt lake and i'm hoping that that uh we, we get to see that a little bit more you see that a little bit with Justin Glad and Aaron Herrera, you know, coming through the academy, maybe not getting the recognition they deserve um, internationally, um, even though they're paid handsomely. But uh, I I love that about uh, RSL.
0: Well, do you think, uh, speaking about those players, do you think they have a higher level in them? Because watching Justin Glad play, he seems like he has the speed, the height. talent he just keeps getting better and better is a little
2: bulk i think that's the last yeah the last thing yeah because
0: we've seen what happens when he's not there uh, yeah this last uh few games sucks yeah (laughs) (laughs) but marcelo silva has just come out so far
2: well and to be fair last game we switched both our center backs just to see what happened. right i mean (laughs) you know like like you do
1: yeah I i i Justin Glad, I think, is is a leader. I think he's the future captain of the club. Um, if he wants to stay, he's paid handsomely. I mean, he's he's right on par when it comes to to salary for for good major league soccer players um, as centre backs, I should say. Specifically, um, I think that that if he wants to stay, RSL should should keep him because he has come on leaps and bounds. And I think the armband has done something to Marcelo Silva. With with that with Dammy being out, I mean, obviously, I prefer Dami to be back. But the way he's played, um, a lot calmer. You get the occasional rush of rush of blood, but that's his style. He, he's a he's a street baller. You know, he's a he's a he's a fighter. So I love that about him, and I think they complement each other really well as well. And Justin Glad allows you to play that higher line because of his recovery uh, speed. And then obviously uh, Aaron Herrera. Um, is is awesome because he allows you to play the high line because of his recovery speed as well. Um, He's been asked to do a little bit of a different job this season, um, stay back a little bit more, and I don't think it suits him. I think you saw that on Saturday, Monday, sorry, him getting forward. Some of the balls he put into the box, along with Andrew Brody, by the way. Um, But um, it looked like Aaron Herrera was getting back to normal. Now, I know SKC have struggled this season, much to everybody's glee. Yes, Um, (laughs) <laughs> See, they were down to ten men at some point as well. But even before then, I just thought he looked a lot more. He's so he's such a good forward, uh, thinking and attacking fallback that when you don't um, play to his strengths, I think we miss out. Particularly, somebody that had uh, eleven assists last season and doesn't have one yet.
2: Yeah, I think having Krylock not be on the end of everything it <laughs> does
1: is a big factor in that as well, right? And there's also the, the, the switching formation as well. I don't think suits uh, a lot of players, to be honest with you. It's, it's about grinding out results. Mm-hmm. I think that they should have a three-man, midfield and a three-man attack, so a four three three. It allows the fullbacks to, to get up and overlap and, and, uh, uh, and provide the width or extra width. It allows Savarino and whoever's on the left-hand side, whether that be Justin Miriam or Anderson Julio, um, to, to pinch in a little bit and get closer to goal, by the way. Justin Miriam has been fantastic this season. Um, Andrew Brody, we saw him. Um, he loves those mazy runs. And even though I don't like right-footed left-backs, <laughs> you know, he's he's head and shoulders above anybody else that's that's at the club in in that left-back role. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that there's going to be a tweak to to, to help uh, Aaron Herrera more. Um, but it, it does depend on, on that number six that's, that needs to come in and, and really dominate and and sit, you know, primarily as a a single pivot and drift and and cover the fullbacks when they when they need to. Um, I like Scott Coldwell. I think he was a a really good pickup. I'm not quite sure why we haven't played that three man midfield with him and Loffelsund and and Ruiz. uh, But I would love to see a three man midfield with Ruiz and Krylak and and whoever that is at the base of the midfield and and with Loffelsund in that mix as well.
3: So, what do you feel is the missing piece to our midfield at the moment? Because it feels like uh, that's where a lot of our issues have been rising. Yeah, from. yeah.
1: I th- I really think it is that number six. That that you know, Kaya um, is is the one that's been mentioned um, heavily, heavily scouted. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, I was pretty sure it was going to happen, uh, but it hasn't. And I think that uh, that adds everything. I mean, you look at. And not to, to compare Real Salt Lake to, to other teams, you know, around the world, but you look at what happened to, to Liverpool. They, they bought a bunch of players. Great, that's fantastic. Um, but it kind of went up another level when Fabinho came in. You look at Rodri at, at Man City, how he plays the single pivot as well. Fantastic, and and not to pick on YouTube boys, Arsenal and, and Man United. Oh, please do. Oh man, pick don't, it don't, it pick on. don't open up pick that can. <laughs> but you're missing that guy. Yeah, you're miss- Shaka oh, yes. can, so, Shaka can so. play Judges it here and there, but then
2: he's he loses his oh. mind. Yeah
1: arte isn't a, a discipline enough right and then right. i don't know what fred and mctominay are i'm sorry man. they're garbage <laughs> um i don't i don't think and the problem is is that frankie De Jong doesn't solve that problem either wonderful player no I, uh, fantastic if united got him but oh he my gosh either so i just don't want everybody to, to run through the middle so anyway but you look at real madrid casemiro you look at busquets at, at barcelona even though they've been you know been great but you look at the at the teams that are successful and doing things right they've always got that dominant number 6 and i think that's that where it that's where it lies because it allows the likes and again i'm i'm daydreaming and if masterini <laughs> listens to this he's like what is he on about but it allows the people like ruiz Krylak from central midfield to to get forward and join more of a of an attacking eight and and I just think this team has got so much about it that, that they there's plenty of talent. It's just that one that one key player that uh, can dominate the, the center of the park.
3: And you think Quayar is the answer? He's probably better than what's
0: I mean, so far. I like
1: him. I like mm-hmm. him. I mean, he's he's DP money type of number six. He's an international Colombian international. You know, plays regularly. Um, the one that I that I was really high on. Um, before I, I i left before my contract was up with rsl um was um someone that, that plays for another blitzer club in portugal a um his name is um i've <sighs> <about> it now <laughs> uh, lawrence rosier oh, okay. so he is a french number six he's like six, three, six, four. Ooh, Oh wow he destroys and he's incredibly uh, disciplined i like him because we're quite a small team as well. Height
3: wise.
0: Oh, yeah. Without
1: Dammy, without Dammy, we struggle on set pieces. You saw that against Colorado. Yeah. Some of the balls are coming from out wide. And obviously, you know, Jay Glad and, and Marcelo not being around. Well, uh, Justin Glad wasn't around, Marcelo was. But yeah, uh, when we're, we're, we're small, um, I think we struggle. And even though you get big bodies like Cordova, back in there and and, and to help out with defensive set pieces I don't think he is uh, um it's not the strong part of his game to no that way. he's
2: not great in the air for being as tall as he is you'd think he'd be a little bit better but I'm about six one and I was not great in the air either so I, I can I can empathize with that I was even bad for high school in the air you know what I mean so so I can empathize with that but also I love those midfield battles thinking back of all my you know fun times with watching Kyle Beckerman go up against guys that were just, you know, beasts in the Espinosa. midfield. No, just, you know, like um, the guy out of Houston, what was his name? He covered so much ground, so athletic. Oh, I can't remember his name right now, but it'll come. Uh, but, yeah, like Kyle, it, he just dominated the midfield, and he did so many things that freed up, you know, Javi to be – free and to to move around and to get into good spots for him because he knew where Kyle would be and how they, just that combination play is so fun to watch. And, and I think we're starting to see it between Lafelson and Ruiz a little bit. We see glimpses of it mm-hmm. um, until we get, you know, closer to the final third. Then it's a little more difficult for them to, again, step in and be that hobby type of playmaker. But I, I like the, the hustle and the grit that those two guys show. But again, they are on the small side.
0: So what do you think about Lawless? he seems like he just kind of came out of nowhere. He signed him to the Monarchs, and then he's starting for Real Salt Lake, and consistently, he, he's too. looking like the uh, almost the best midfielder out there.
1: Yeah, no, he's done. I mean, talk about snapping up your opportunity, Hey, eh? I mean, he. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm really close with with Tom Hackett over at KSL Sports, and we were talking about him, and, you know, and he was t- telling me before he released his interview with, with jasper about how he'd actually accepted a job back in germany um that was he thought his career was done soccer wise and you know decided to, to move home and uh tony beltran is, is the one that uh was super high on on jasper and um you know elliot full jokes that we signed the two oldest kids in the uh in the <laughs> 24. so yeah i i, I just I mean, playing as an outside back and then coming in and playing central midfield and looking like it's been his position for you know a decade. <laughs> uh, I would I would love to see him again play in that three in a three where he, he can be that box to box type because he's got that engine, uh, but but have the security of somebody behind him because Paulo Ruiz is is not a a six either. He's not a defensive midfield by any stretch. They've done a really, really good job. And and again, I commend the coaching staff uh, for, for helping these guys and, and, and you know, doing the job. But I'd love to see them with a little bit more freedom to, to move forward with a, a few guys in front of them, um, uh, you know, spraying balls over the top and chasing things down. Um, so, yeah, I, I unreal story. And I hope he goes from strength to strength and, uh, and long may it continue, um, because you know, this is what RSL is about. It's picking up the unfa- the unfashionable guys, um, and those guys forging a a really solid career. And I hope it really happens for him,
2: Clark. That was his name, Clark from Houston.
1: Sorry. Oh, sorry, Yeah, Ricardo. Ricardo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's coaching somewhere now. He's, I think he might be up at uh, Vancouver.
2: Yeah, isn't it fun to see like other teams' benches, and you're like, wait a second, you used to play. I, I went to the game and, and sat about six rows behind Kevin Hartman um, again in that L.A. game, and I was just, Kevin, what, is that blonde or are you going gray, buddy? You know, <laughs> kind of joking around. because he, he
1: he loves that those uh, frosted tips right back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bring back the 90s.
0: Uh, well, good time. Good I do time. have one question uh, about uh, Cordova, and I'll try and only answer, yeah. ask one at a time. Good. But... What are your thoughts on cordova because i think that it's all there but he just got to figure it out in his head somehow yeah. is is that what are your thoughts on him because he seems like he yeah, has. no that. i
1: think i think his spot on i think everything to do with him is, is mental i think his movement really good he's got good speed good touch you can see that he can finish you know that goal up in montreal you know he didn't take any prisoners there um his hold up plays very good He's one of the most fouled players in the league because he is so physical. What Defenders are worried about him pace and size. They don't want to mess around with that. And I think he could be a little um, more calmer in, in his finishing, uh, particularly aerially, because this header he scores on Sunday, well, then he has a header straight afterwards that I thought was easier uh, to, yeah. to put in the net. So consistency, he's never had consistent minutes. When you look at his career, particularly at Augsburg, it's been a you know stop-start, and I'm hoping that as the the year wears on or the season wears on um the um combination play between him and and um Savarino and, and Justin uh, Mirum, uh and obviously Anderson Julio and Rubio and, and Bobby Wood when they get fit and whatnot I'm just hoping that there's a few more goals in there for him because you can see immediately when he misses a chance he ha- he's not he's not got that whole um, um goldfish be like a goldfish, you know. It weighs on him. No <laughs> I'm, 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 am glad that he's got Savarino there because I think that they're close friends anyway. But you, I think, I, I, I think it can help him. And then if he can break free, then you've got one of the the most dominant forwards in in Major League Soccer. But you're right; it's spot on. It's all about. The, the mental side of his game, whether he needs to go and talk to a sports psychologist. If he's not already doing it, he, he needs to be doing it because he's got everything.
2: Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, d- definitely the most uh, deadly duo in all of Venezuela in the United States.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Brennan just loves hanging out with a bunch of uh, old guys. Oh, old I guys know. With it's just ter- horrible senses of humor. <laughs>
2: So, what do you see about MLS? What's the the future look like for MLS and for RSL? A little bit. Uh, what do you see as kind of the future here?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I've always long been a champion for pro and relegation, promotion, and relegation. Uh, I've recent years, I've, I've decided that's just a lot of old rubbish. I love the fact that MLS is different. I, I, I hope they don't go away. I love playoff football um i think it's one of the most fun times of year when you i don't know if again i watch all types of football guys uh, and one of my most favorite times of the year uh back home in england is when there's the play the the league uh league two league league one championship playoff games because it means so much i mean i i loved um sunderland uh their run um i've got a soft spot for, for sunderland i lived there for a little while and and um yeah, that's, that's actually where I met my wife, in <laughs> of all places. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I just love love those games because it's so much riding on it. And obviously, with the championship playoff, they call it the £200 million game because of the TV rights and stuff like that, that can be life-changing, can be club-changing uh, for a lot of those guys. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, you know, always – always rooting for for the guys that come up, particularly with Bournemouth going back up. I thought uh, Fulham were absolutely fantastic. And then one of my most favorite coaches in in the UK or in the world, maybe Steve Cooper taking um, Notts Forest. Yeah. Um, Which is obviously got got RSL ties as well with with Dane and and Taymor. And
0: um, Robbie Finley.
1: Forest. So I'll be keeping an eye on them as well. But... Steve Cooper is one of those coaches that is really, really good at, at uh, developing youth and, and, and talent there. Um, he was actually when when uh, Freddie was, was made, was rumors of leaving, that was the first person I told Elliot to go and talk to. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not talking to anybody that doesn't know Major League Soccer. And I was like, ah, oh, fair enough. That's fair enough. Because um, that's uh, different. He, almo- that?
0: he almost uh, had uh, Swansea promoted the year before, right?
1: yes he lost uh, out in the was, playoff game i think they had two two playoffs on their on a row and he just needed a little bit more money and they weren't willing to spend so he was like i'll help you get through preseason, but i'm done and he did he helped them get fit and they made the, their announcement and he quit and had well maybe two months off and then they got rid of, uh, forrest got rid of chris hewton and uh
0: and they yeah. were they were at the bottom of the table too when when yeah, he took over. It was a,
1: a big one. He's run. an unreal coach. He's an unbelievable coach, unbelievable coach, and that's that's why I'm excited to see. And you you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Luton Town, uh, their coach Nathan Jones, is is another one. Back before Mike petkey was announced, that I told uh, Craig Weibel to, to go and check out. So those are my two two favorite coaches outside of out of uh, my beloved Liverpool. Uh, that, that I just think are just super, super, super coaches. I love, by the way, Paul uh, what he lacks, maybe tactical discipline or tactical ideas. That's what his coaches are for. The way he treats and, and motivates people is one of the, the coolest things. If you haven't been able to, to get down to Harriman and watch the guys train or Friday at the stadium, um, I, I thoroughly uh, encourage those that can, particularly now you guys have got a podcast, you know, just tell Trey I need a credential and come and set up on the, the box and, and Oh, roll. man, I
3: would die nice. to interview Pablo Minestrone. He's fantastic. Yeah, he fantastic. loves Pablo.
1: Minestrone soup? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Minestrone. I,
3: I said I was going to call him Minestrone until he came on the podcast. So <laughs> Yeah. you know,
1: Man, you've got a podcast now. you got to see if uh, Trey will, will, will hook you guys up.
3: We need to make one of those pretend, like, plastic VIP uh, <laughs> necklaces and walk in, like, oh, we're here for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Exactly. exactly.
3: Uh, so, so do you think MLS
0: will ever get to promotion relegation? I would. I enjoy. I love the pyramid in England, but they have a century or more uh, head start on us, and I just don't think. Yeah. We'll ever get to the amount of infrastructure that it would take to have. Yeah. Multiple I, I, levels
1: like that. I think if they were going to do it, they should have done it at the beginning, twenty years ago. Hmm. Because it was what 20, $25 million to to purchase say a a, uh, a franchise. I think that's what it was. Maybe fifty that Real Salt Lake was purchased for. I might be talking absolute rubbish. I
0: think it was. It was only like five or ten million. I
1: think, yeah, I think you,
2: if, originally it was you, a
1: lot cheaper. If you're if you're spending two hundred and fifty, three hundred million plus, you have to have a soccer-specific stadium ready. Um, I just don't think you can you can ask that kind of money and, and say, well, here you go. You're gonna be in League Two, um, or,
0: think- or if you have a lot of money and a baseball field, that seems to work, right? Yeah. But uh, only. Oh if you're <laughs> in the my Bronx. gosh!
2: What an embarrassment! Yeah, we, 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 we <laughs> smash on that so much. Just only in New York City, right? And there's no way yeah, that it, thing is is uh, legal. That field. There's no way it's as big. No, as they say. I don't even think the lines are straight. Are they? <laughs> They kind of curve it so it doesn't go out of bounds but or whatever. You
1: need to ask. Ian Joy. He enjoy. So, <laughs> uh, he enjoys them though. He's a good politician as well. He, he, he defends. But the, again, with the City Group owning that team and they haven't found a stadium yet, come on, guys. Yeah, I can't
0: believe they haven't partnered with a college back there or something to yeah. create something. But I mean, it's all part of the Bronx. sports
1: washing. Uh, it's all part of the sports washing brand. So you know, if they can uh, grease a few, a few palms here and there, they should be able to figure that out.
0: But we've talked on here, too, about other leagues and how with they do have promotion and relegation, but it's not really, and they have fair play rules, but the same teams win it over and over and over. Bayern Munich, 10 years in a row. How boring mm-hmm. is that to have a league where one team just wins it all the time? It, it, and know, it's the same teams, too. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in England, but it's the same 567 once in a while Lester uh, Lester will pop in there. West Ham looked like they might have been a uh, candidate to make some noise last year with David Moyes,
2: but Villa the year before, right? But but it's kind of more of the one off and I kind of think of it like um, in the U.S., if uh, like Ohio and Illinois had a championship, you know what I mean? Because geographically, that's about the size of Germany. You know what I mean? It's it's not a huge area. A lot of times, we we we're over here. We're on this side of the pond. We we think with, we, you know, American brains and whatnot. But if we, if you take Seattle, just the trip from Seattle to Orlando, and put that in Europe, that's like going from Northern Scotland. All the way to Turkey, you know what I mean? Like that covers so many countries, like you know. And Spence, like you lived over there, so you know. Like going to the next town over to play, you take the train. You're there in a few minutes. You hop off, and you're you're playing. Travel here is quite a bit different, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's it's wild. Yeah, absolutely wild. And and I, again, I think that's one of the the, the things that um, the cultures that come from abroad don't, don't understand. Um, sometimes players don't quite understand um of of the uh the depth of the travel particularly if you have to go on a commercial flight um that's another quite uh, thread that we can talk about one day <laughs> yeah I, I, I just don't think people quite understand how how big it is i mean my wife is from arizona so um we we you know invariably go down to to southern arizona to to visit family and whatnot we'll drive down and Burn i can up. tell when, when i when i drive you know we, we leave and and i so will drive for a while Go, i if i was back home i'd be in scotland by now
3: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i'll be in a different country now um yeah so yeah it's still it's still yeah absolutely unreal the 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 vast uh space this country is because people don't don't quite understand you know right.
2: yeah and i always need a day when i travel so there's no way i could have ever been a professional <laughs> soccer player here you know needing yeah, a wild. day like you just couldn't handle that like- I,
0: I know in league two they get tired of me talking about crawley town but uh, they were all uh, disappointed because carlisle's now in league two and that's the longest uh, travel day and it's like 300 miles and that's less than salt lake to denver
1: <laughs> so it, they just don't and understand. It's, that's, that's a long old drive as well because that's not that's not a straight shoot. That's well, there's quite... not a
0: straight road in England. It's just like wherever somebody got lost, that's a road.
1: Yeah, that works. that was. So, maybe they'll be lucky enough and catch a train, you know. know.
0: (laughs) Would you have any other uh, before we let you go? Do you have any other favorite MLS teams or any favorite uh Real Salt Lake experiences? There you go, two questions. Oh my gosh, dude! and then the world cup, (laughs) might as
2: well just ask about the the world World cup Cup while we're at it. World cup, all three of those um, things smashed together. No, no, no. The first question,
3: can I do the first question? Yeah, go okay. Um, did our um did Real ever get mad at you for wearing uh, waterproof pants and like what year did you have to retire those so that way you're not you know pretending to spill, doing stuff like that? I know you hinted at it. I just wanted to know yeah. you know.
1: I still have to wear a bib now because the beard doesn't catch pull unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, I, they Real Salt Lake are always mad at me. So uh, I know I've gone too far if I get a text from Trey Fitzgerald. <laughs> I know I've done something wrong, so yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, and and my favorite topic. How about the World Cup? How do you how do you see that playing out? Who are you rooting for? is it got to be the homeland, or or how does it go for you?
1: Yeah, no, I'm 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 more interested to see what kind of um, um, trouble is caused over in, in Qatar with with. Uh, with you know human rights issues and stuff like that i know i I shouldn't get political but i'm kind of interested to see if there's any disruptions and and things like that because it deserves to be done deserves to be said um because um you know i'm not a huge fan of the world cup i shouldn't say that i'm not a huge fan of recent world cups Mm -hmm. because it has become so commercialized um and yes i realize people want to get paid and and it is a a huge spectacle but my favorite world cups are from 86 and, and 90 so that's uh, aging me obviously uh, but those, <laughs> those you know w- w- where it was it felt pure to me it felt it felt like a a pure experience and now it's just as it's further it got further and further down the line it just feels like it's more of a money spinning um and again i understand globalization that. right yeah exactly and and i again i get it i understand but the nations league that kind of stuff i, I can't stand that i think it's a horrendous just treating players like like absolute dogs milk every ounce of energy they've got. So they get like a two-week break instead of a month or so. But anyway, I digress. England, not a huge fan of England. I think we play incredibly boring football. Um, nothing wrong with, um, pay uh, you know, being um, maximising set pieces. But, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan uh, and I've been spoiled by, by what Klopp has instilled at Liverpool. And we get to watch man city um you know regularly in the epl um and the the wonderful soccer that they play and then you look at you know i'm sorry but you know Tottenham, the conte is is going to be phenomenal tommy tuchel is a bit boring at, at chelsea but again effective i'd still rather watch Chelsea than the watch England play so not a massive England fan um do you think it's partly the
2: value that they put in on on players that hustle and work hard and have work rate rather than the Jack Grealishes, where they you know dance on the ball and get by people and and he you know I, I think he's a a prime example of that right that flare, the cool yeah. hair, the worry about that yeah. more than the game.
1: Massive calf muscles. The calves. Right, pulling I was up just going to say the calves. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think a part of it is is getting that balance because you have, you know, fits and starts of when you meet as a group. And it's not all teammates that you're training with four or five days a week and then playing on the weekend. I think it's trying to find a mm, – a a a unit that works and and you look at the at the euros um where where um uh italy won they weren't particularly attractive i mean england won either they weren't a particularly attractive team but they were a, a well-drilled unit um and effective and uh, same with france you know they're they're not not particularly attractive to watch but they are such a really good um uh, disciplined defensive unit that it gives them the, that gives them the platform i mean I'd love for everyone to play like Brazil, but, you know, that just doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's about being effective in a short period of time where if you get some momentum, then, then the, you know, the sky's the limit. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I, for I, me, I just, I'm just – I'm a little scared if they put Saka, Grealish, and a few guys like that in, that what they would just do to our backline in the U.S., especially our – our failure at knowing who our center backs really are besides Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. USA. Yeah. I mean, trash.
1: That, that, that's, that's the only worry for me for the U S is the back line because miles Robinson, um, unlikely to be back. I wouldn't have thought he'd been back with his Achilles. Right. Right. But what I do love about that and hopefully he comes back and, and, and he's fine. Is that Walker Zimmerman, um, uh, and, and miles Robinson being the, uh, the Senate starting center backs uh, and MLS players. I think that's a huge feather in the cap to to major league soccer. I love it. Beautiful.
3: And I got some dumb questions. One Uh, at a time, one at a time. (laughs) Okay. Can I just slap him with some dumb questions here real quick?
1: Rank them dumbest first.
3: (laughs) Dumbest first. Um, Do you think that MLS should bring a pie and a beer every time at the uh, concession stand or stick to American food?
1: Um, I, I think you should open it all up. I, I definitely think it will be worthwhile. However, that being said, I n- I'm so tight, I would never buy a drink or anything to eat back home when I went and watched a football game. Really? Wrong guy. Wrong guy to be asking that one, unfortunately. But yeah, I think I love the the food options. It's just that with a, you know, my stomach's going to appreciate it later on at night. <laughs> you know.
3: Second dumb question. Second dumb question. Um I didn't have
2: one. Sorry. what, what, what is your favorite treat in this stadium? What is your favorite uh, concession?
1: Do you know when so we've been doing the pre-game show outside on the east lawn uh this season so right outside the team store and I get the uh once in a while when my heart allows it I get the uh, the pretzels. Oh, pretzels with the cheese. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's Max. No wonder I got fat. <laughs> have
0: you had Have you had some of the J dogs?
1: I've had J dogs before, but it I, I'm just going to age myself. It repeats on me. <laughs> <laughs> I start to burp it up, and it it ruins the whole experience. <laughs> yeah, really you get to nice, taste it so yeah. for days, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yep, yep. Well, before we ask, before we let you go, I'll go back to one of my uh, forty-seven questions in a row. But uh, do you have a favorite memory? of being around rsl like for me it's the 2011 ccl final game that was an amazing experience even though they lost but what do you have what what's a favorite experience being around real salt lake
1: yeah uh and, and it is champions league as well champions league was related it was when cruisers all were, mm. were in, and we won and the noise and we won. not for Champions League games, uh, we weren't allowed to be on the sideline to interview people, but I went down there anyway.
0: Oh, yeah, as you do.
1: And and I got thrown out eventually, <laughs> mid-interview mid with Jeff Cassar. Um, But that's another story for another time. And also, Trey Fitzgerald lost his mind at the CONCACAF officials. But anyway, I was down there, but the noise, and it was because the, the Cruises All fans were were chanting and, and they made the experience in my opinion because the RSL fans responded and I could feel the concrete underneath my feet shaking. And I was like, this, this is it. This is like proper football. And that's why I'm desperate. And I say it all the time on the pre and post game show uh, on ESPN. I'm, I'm desperate for Champions League football again, because there's no other noise like it, it beats um, particularly against the Mexican team. It beats any other noise uh, <laughs> that, I've, that I've experienced in, uh, in, in uh, Rio Tinto Stadium.
2: Yeah, I thought you were going to say Arabe Unido, that you love that <laughs> oh, game gosh. so much, and you loved how everybody loved to get kicked, <laughs> and the stretcher want- coming out seven times. Yeah, they
1: wanted me to get on the stretcher for a while. <laughs> Help out, so double stretchers going out. I was like, get
2: out of there, Spence. <laughs> the other guys are tired, right? Sub. <laughs> oh,
1: firm down. Uh, welcome down. Great. Yeah, wild. Yep.
0: So Spencer, we want to thank you. We really appreciate you uh, coming on our totally amateur podcast as we, as we were showing you as we we got started trying to figure out how all this stuff works. Well, they left the technical stuff to the to the oldest guy. so that's what happens. That's why they should kind of be on time next time.
2: Yeah any, anything <laughs> else you want to share, spence any uh, any invites you want to have people come down see you before the show or stay post game or what, how, do you, how do you like to interact with people?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously, you know, pre-game, you're always welcome to come and, and say hi. We've always got um something from the team store to give away uh pre-game at the home game. So, you know, always come on down. We've usually got an enter to win. I think there's some kind of enter to win for about $1500 worth of of merch from the team store that you can win. Um yeah, I always say I'm happy to say hello. Um if we're we're not on air, obviously got plenty of breaks. And then, obviously, post-game is, is a little more simpler about it nowadays. It's more of waiting for players to and, and the coaching staff to get on the Zoom meeting. But, you know, we, we always tweet out. So we, we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on, on uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, who was man of the match, who needs to be fired, and um, <laughs> who, who do you want to see come in and or we'll never see ever again. But, um, yeah. We're all about interaction, and uh, with, with the phone lines not being as hot as they used to because of social media, we, we just rely on tweets and, and uh, interaction that way nowadays.
2: Yeah, and is, it, is that quite a bit more difficult on the fireworks nights?
1: Uh, at least it entertains us. We <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we're able to turn off the uh, the mic's uh, pitch side, so, uh, so it's just usually Lauren and I uh, waffling on waiting for pablo whoever it is uh to to get on the zoom meeting but yeah we we get the best view of the house we get to set up our way from everyone and turn the lights off in the booth and and watch the fireworks go
2: well thank you again so much for coming on we really appreciate it and yes
1: guys
0: thanks everyone for listening be sure to follow us on all the social medias uh reply to us tell us what we're doing right what we're doing wrong we love to hear from you and thank you again spencer for joining us this evening.
1: Uh, my pleasure. Anytime, guys. Thank you.
3: I'll say good night and toodles. Ciao.